Oh, Father God, you created the heavens and the earth and right now you're sustaining everything. You're God Almighty. Thank you that we can come before you, that we can have confidence that no matter what is going on, you are our God. We thank you for your gospel. And so we pray right now, it'll be you that we hear speak from your word. Grow us, Father, to become more and more like your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, what's that first heading in your outlines there? My grandparents pickled cucumbers. <laughs> One of my childhood memories actually is my grandparents pickled cucumbers. And to this day, every other pickled cucumber has only been second best. And then if you notice that in the last decade, uh, pickling and fermenting has become a new thing again. Pickled cucumbers is, is actually a thing again. And then just before COVID, there has been the rise of, I don't even know how to say it, kombucha? Anyone have a scoby floating around the house? <laughs> and then during COVID, there was the rise of sourdough bread, which involves a fermenting process. Now, preserving, sorry, um, pickling and, and fermenting is a form of preserving. And tonight, we're going to hear from God about preserving. But not cucumbers, not sourdough bread, not kombucha, or however you say that, but our lives, preserving our lives. You see, there are seasons that we go through where we wonder, are we going to survive this? Will I be okay? There are seasons like that, and God is going to walk us through, we can be okay in those seasons. The first three words of Psalm 16 are, keep me safe. This, this is a prayer. This is a heartfelt plea. Keep me safe, my God. Psalm 16 gives us four preservatives to keep us safe. And then it ends with a glorious reminder of our guaranteed inheritance. God will keep us safe. Not only will he keep us safe, he is bringing us to a glorious inheritance. Uh, have a look at verse 1 with me. Keep me safe, my God. Uh, literally, preserve me. We're not exactly sure what David needed safety from, but it was an acute, uh, scary situation, so much so, he just blurted out, God, keep me safe. Now, if you're in one of those scary seasons right now, buckle up, listen in. God is about to give us four important preservatives. And for the rest of us, take note of what they are. You see, the best time to prepare for that scary season is before we hit it. The best time to prepare for a crisis is before we hit it. And so make note in your mental mind, in your mind. Uh, Psalm 16, the next time I'm in that season, will I be okay? Psalm 16. And just before we look at the four preservatives, I want to highlight something important from verse 1. Verse 1, it launches with that plea, keep me safe for... In you, I take refuge. Keep me safe. Begins with the plea. And then it ends with the declaration. 
I know that you're going to keep me safe. For you keep me safe. Uh, Wrestle with that for a second. Keep me safe. Because you keep me safe. And so there's the plea. God, I need you to keep me safe. Oh, in God, I declare, I praise you. You are the God who is my refuge. You are the God who keeps me safe. And as you read through this psalm, as a matter of fact, as you read through many of the psalms, that's the way they work. God, I need help. God, you are my help. The plea and the praise come together. Okay, let's turn to the four preservatives. And the first preservative we've already just heard. Refuge. Verse 1, for in you I take refuge. Think about all the things we are tempted to take refuge in when we hit a crisis. Liquid courage. Retail therapy. Gossip. That makes me feel better if I talk about you and all your bad stuff. Comfort food, binge watching, social media scrolling. David pleaded, keep me safe, God, because... You are my safest refuge. Brother, sister, turn to God as your primary refuge, as your primary safe place. Am I saying don't lean on friends, don't lean on family, don't lean on your salt group? Not at all. But I am saying, no, God is our refuge. That's preservative one. Now have a look at verse two. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. And you see in your Bible how the first use of Lord is all capital letters, L-O-R-D, all caps. And then the second use is just the capital L and then lowercase. And if you've been around church for a while, if you've been a Christian for a while, you'll know that in the Old Testament, whenever we see Lord in all capital letters, That is God's special holy name, Yahweh. God, you are who you are. We cannot box you in. You are Yahweh. And David wrote, Yahweh, you are my Lord. You are my King. You are my Master. You are my Ruler. This is the second preservative, God. You are my Lord. And David just wasn't saying it. He was rejoicing. God, you are my Lord. And so if we want to be kept safe, if we want to be preserved, not only must God be our refuge, he must be our Lord. (laughs) When we start our relationship with God, some of our prayers go like this. God, if you rescue me out of this situation... I will really follow you. You ever done one of those sort of prayers? It's not actually a prayer. It's more of a contract, isn't it? God, you do this and I'll do that. Now, God is patient. He is a kind and gracious Heavenly Father and so he he bears with us as, as we try and make contracts with Yahweh as if we could really do that. And he teaches us to pray more like this. God, it's over my head. I am scared. 
I need you to keep me safe. Preserve me through this. And whatever comes, I trust you. You are my Lord. Preservative one, God is refuge. Preservative two, God is Lord. And now look at the second half of verse two with me. Apart from you, I have no good thing. This has been a life changer for me in the Psalms. God, you are my everything. God, your love is better than life. God, apart from you, I have no good thing. If all the riches in the world lay before me, but there's no God, I don't want any of that. God, I have no good thing apart from you. Preservative number three is God. You are my number one treasure. Apart from you, I have no good thing. And then preservative three is actually fleshed out a little bit in the next few verses. Because God was David's uh, number one treasure, that affected how he responded to God's people. Verse three, I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. And because God was David's number one treasure, it also affected how God, uh, how David responded to false gods. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. One of the ways we express our delight in God is by our delight in God's people and our refusal to get involved with anything that would take us away from God. Does that mean we don't hang out with our non-Christian friends and family? No, obviously not. We, we love our friends and family. We, we pray for our friends and family. But we refuse to do anything that would mean disobeying God just to fit in. And then verse 5 continues with the theme of God being our greatest treasure. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. Love that song we were singing, uh, Harry. Uh, Once your enemy, now seated at your table. And so picture a table decked out with all your favourite foods and drink and God. If you're like King David, where your eyes would immediately go is God. God. You are my portion and my cup. I have no good thing apart from you. Once your enemy, now I'm seated at your table. And then the second half of verse 5, it it actually comes back to um, God is our Lord. You, uh, second half of verse 5, you make my lot secure. Have you ever heard of casting lots or throwing dice or picking straws to to make a decision? That's the metaphor that's being used here. David knew that God is Lord, but unlike any other earthly Lord, God determines everything. 
God, you determine my lot. And for David, the idea of and for David, the idea of God determining his lot, being in control of absolutely everything, was something to rejoice in. Wherever the dice roll, however the lot falls, God, you've decided. You are my Lord. And therefore, I know I'm secure. Quick little recap. We've only looked at three of the preservatives. God is our refuge. God is our Lord. God is our treasure. And we're seeing that David simply didn't state these truths. David rejoiced in them. He sung about them. David put all of his hope in these truths. And we really hear this come out in verse 6. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Now, David could have meant boundary lines like a fence around the property, literal boundary lines. Or David could have meant boundary lines around his life. And I suspect it was the latter that he had in mind. Uh, Do you see verse 6, that phrase, pleasant places? Uh, the, The original word that sits behind pleasant places is actually the same word that is used down in verse 11, right at the very end, for pleasures. And so we could read verse 11 as, I'm sorry, verse 6 as, the lines have fallen for me in pleasures. I have a delightful inheritance. My life is okay because my refuge, my Lord, my treasure has set his boundaries around me. I'm okay. I am pleasant because God has everything in control. You see, when we know that God is our refuge, that God is our Lord, that God is our treasure, whatever life throws at us, however life hems us in, God has been in control of it. And so David could rejoice. And we'll talk a bit more about inheritance in just a moment. And then verse 7 brings us to the fourth preservative, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. A little side tip. If you're like me and wake up in the middle of the night often, preach to yourself rather than just watching Netflix or something like that. It comes up often in the Psalms. In the middle of the night, I remember the Lord. God, fourth preservative, God was David's counsellor. When we're in the middle of a crisis, it is very tempting to listen to bad counsel, even if it's our own bad counsel. And then you add into the mix, Satan is trying to do everything he can to spread lies. No, God is my counsel. Brothers and sisters, everything we need to survive in a world that is now broken ever since the Garden of Eden is in here. God has perfect, 100% perfect counsel for us in those times when we're thinking, keep me safe, will I be okay? God is our counsel. Again, am I saying don't listen to friends, don't listen to family, don't get along to salt group and share what's going on and get some help? Obviously not. But remember, God is our number one counsel. Okay. 
to wrap up, I want to read from verse 8 and uh, see how David reminds us of our guaranteed inheritance. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Do you remember how the psalm opened? Keep me safe. Verse 8, I will not be shaken. I won't. Verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will rest secure. Why will my body rest secure? Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Uh, verse 11 is one of my favourite verses in the whole Bible. It would have been the tattoo I would have got, but I'm too old now and you guys just think I'm having a midlife crisis. Wow. What an ending to this psalm. What is the worst that could happen to you? Don't call out any answers. Do you know it's not actually death? It, it wouldn't actually be murder, like a horrible death. It would be a life of suffering, of abuse, and then a horrible death. That would be awful, wouldn't it? And my apologies for being so graphic. But if we are going to see the 100% guaranteed hope in this psalm, we need to be real. David was able to begin this psalm with, keep me safe. Something was going on for him. He was a warrior. It wasn't just an ingrown toenail. This was serious. And while all that was going on, he was able to rejoice. God, you are my refuge. You are my Lord. You are my treasure. You are my counsellor. David could face something that was life-threatening and rejoice because David trusted that he would not be left to death. David believed he would receive his inheritance. You see, in 2 Samuel 7, go home and check it out, verse 12, God promised David that David would have a descendant that would rule over David's kingdom forever. God promised David that he would have a descendant that would defeat death. And David held on to that promise when he was going through his crisis Keep me safe. Come with me now to Acts 2. We're almost done. Acts 2. Verse 29. This is uh, the Apostle Peter preaching. Uh, Jesus has died. He's risen to life. He's ascended into heaven. And Peter preaches, Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David, the one who wrote Psalm 16, died 
and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Jesus is the descendant that God promised to David. And Jesus has come and he has suffered greater suffering than we could ever imagine. Jesus came and allowed death to overtake him. Jesus was put in the grave dead, but before his body saw the finality of decay, Jesus burst forth from the grave. Jesus has defeated death. And not only for himself, but for anyone who turns to him in repentance and faith. And so, brothers and sisters, God doesn't promise exemption from pain and suffering. But he does promise eternal deliverance through Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. If all we want is the deliverance we won't have the comfort that God offers now. Don't offer God contracts. If you'll just get me out of this, then I'll really follow you. Don't offer contracts. Submit your life to God. God, keep me safe you are my refuge. You are my Lord. You are my treasurer. You are my counsellor. My eternal inheritance is waiting for me. And so whatever this crisis brings, I know that in the end, I will be with you. You will fill me with joy in your presence and I will have eternal pleasures at your right hand. 80 years of suffering will seem like nothing as it is swallowed up in an eternity in God's presence. Brothers and sisters, our preservation is 100% guaranteed because Jesus swallowed death. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Oh, Father, there are many times where our only prayer is come, Lord Jesus, because we, we just don't see a way out of the mess that this world is in. Sometimes our lives are in. And so we do pray, come, Lord Jesus. And while we wait, Father, help us to know that you are our refuge. You are the great Lord. Nothing surprises you. You are everything. In your presence is all the pleasure we would ever want. And Father, you are our wise God. You are our counsellor. Father, make our hearts believe. And, and Father, would, would our inheritance, would our being at, in your presence be the thing that gets us through every day? Father, keep us safe. 
We, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Is that you, Greg? Video. Video.